Welcome to Talk Commerce, the podcast where we explore the fascinating world of commerce, business and entrepreneurship. Today, we have a special treat for you as we're joined by Carrie-Anne Golliver, America's franchise matchmaker. With over 500 clients under her belt, Carrie-Anne is an expert in helping entrepreneurs grow their wealth and expand their portfolios with the perfect franchise ownership match. In this exciting episode, we'll delve into Carrie-Anne's journey and her unique approach to franchise matchmaking. She'll share her insights on what to expect and anticipate when owning a franchise, the importance of due diligence, and how she simplifies the process to reduce stress and frustration for her clients. Don't miss the ending of this episode, where I tell a joke that is complimentary to Brent's free joke project. The only difference is that my jokes are funny. So buckle up and get ready for an eye-opening conversation with Carrie ann Golliver, right here on Talk Commerce. Now I feel like we should cue up the music for Fiddler on the Roof, but first a word from our sponsors. Have you heard of the Hoofa theme for Magento? It is a powerful yet intuitive theme that has been designed to help Magento store owners create the perfect online store. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a store that is unique and engaging while taking advantage of the latest technology that will make your site blazing fast. The theme is built with a modern, responsive design that is optimized for maximum performance and usability. You can easily achieve Google Lighthouse scores of 10. It is also fully customizable, allowing you to adjust its look and feel to fit your brand. Overall, the Hoofa theme is the best choice for any Magento site. It is easy to set up and customize, and it provides powerful features to help you create a successful online store. Plus, it is designed to work seamlessly with your existing Magento store so you can take advantage of its powerful features and tools. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a beautiful, engaging, and successful Magento site. Go to hyva.io to learn more. That's hyva.io and tell them that Talk Commerce sent you. Are you interested in AI content generation, but you don't know where to start? Have you tried ChatGPT and found it doesn't work, or you don't even know what to do with the results? Have you had problems starting your marketing campaign or started and lost momentum? When was the last time you have a blog post live on your website? My friends at Content Basis have a fantastic offer for you. They use predictive analytics to find content opportunities that will perform on your website. They leverage those opportunities using machine learning and humans to create content that outperforms any other content you've seen before. They don't stop there. They have two human editors reviewing your content before it goes live. Once your content is live, they create 10 social posts on each of those content pages that was just launched. Finally, they work with you to see how those posts are performing and what they can do to add, change, or update the posts in the future. Content Basis is putting the human into your content marketing and your content automation. But don't take my word for it. Look at what Content Basis has been doing for Talk Commerce for the last four months. Content Basis is currently accepting beta candidates for WordPress, BigCommerce, and Shopify. Go to contentbasis.io 
That's contentbasis.io and learn how you can create marketing strategies that work into the future. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Carrie Ann Gulliver. She is the CEO of Franchise Logic. Carrie Ann, go ahead and do an introduction for yourself. Tell us maybe your day to day role and one of your passions in life. Yes, I am often called the franchise, America's franchise matchmaker. Franchise Logic, the whole purpose about Franchise Logic is to really help people navigate the franchise waters, people who are interested in exploring franchising. And so my role is really to help people understand a little bit more about themselves, take an inward approach of understanding why they would want to be a business owner, what attracts them to business ownership, what are their strengths and skill sets that they're going to be bringing to the table as a franchise business owner. And then we also match them up to a number of different franchise opportunities that are going to complement their skill sets and help them achieve what they're hoping to do with the franchise and take them on a journey of exploration so that they can really become a more educated prospective buyer before they make any decisions or spend any money. That's awesome. And uh, passion? passion oh, yes. My passion is changing people's lives. I love helping people see different avenues outside of traditional corporate employment and the passion that I have as a entrepreneur myself, I think often for the right candidate becomes very contagious. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So Carrie Ann, I know we talked about in the green room that you, you would participate in the free joke project and the free joke project is just something that I'm doing to promote jokes on the internet to be free and not not to be charged. So yes. I'm going to tell you a joke and all you have to do is say, does that, do you think that joke should be free or somebody should charge for it in the future? Here we go. My son was chewing on a, chew, my son was chewing on electrical wires. So I had to ground him. He's doing better currently and conducting himself properly. <laughs> I think that should be free. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, let's talk about let's talk about franchising. First off, tell us a little bit of background on on how you got into franchising and why you got into franchising. Yeah, I I think my story is probably not uncommon to most. I'm just a huge believer in just following your gut and your intuition, and I really feel like some of the best things that happen in people's lives are unplanned else out there has a plan and it's not our job to figure out what the plan is it's just to execute the plan to becoming an entrepreneur I spent the majority of my time in sales and marketing for startup companies and I absolutely loved startup companies because every day was a new challenge every day was a new problem to solve and you were creating something from scratch and nurturing it and then bringing it out to the real world the problem with a lot of startups was there was a lot of stops and quite frankly, too many stops in my opinion. So it was start, stop, start, stop because there was always some Yahoo that would screw something up. And then I was 
out of a business or out of a job again, and then just trying to figure out what the new startup was. So I didn't have all the authority, was certainly not making all the decisions, and had those speed bumps along the way in my career. And happened to just be having dinner with friends and family, having a conversation of, I love, what do I wanna do when I grow up? Which I think a lot of people can relate to, especially during COVID, I think the world shutting down really forced all of us to look inward and take a self-discovery and try to figure out what am I doing every day? Is it actually filling my soul or is it draining me? And ended up creating a family business from that dinner with my sister and brother-in-law. And this was back in 96, 97. We started literally a handyman business in the basement of their house and ended up having some huge success growing it to a multi-million dollar business. And then people came to us and said, you guys ought to think about franchising your business. And we were like, what's that all about? So we learned about franchising. We talked to a lot of people, hired a franchise attorney, and we thought, wow, how fascinating. We can literally franchise our business and help other people happily escape corporate America and build their own assets, be an employer in their own community, be able to create an asset, those important tax shelters, cash flow, all the great things that come with business ownership. And so we ended up franchising our business in the latter part of 2001. We were the top rated national handyman franchise for two decades. And three years ago, Ace Hardware acquired us. So it was a very magical ride, right? A lot of it was unplanned. I can remember back in the basement days, my dad would come visit and he would be like, what are you girls gonna get a real job? Because he was from the old school mind of thinking that you stay with a company, you eventually retire and get the Rolex, which we know is not true anymore. And thankfully, a short period before he passed, he the light bulb came on and he finally realized what we had built and was shared, how very proud he was of us and what we were able to create. Being a franchisor, what I realized was, geez, there's so many people out there that love the idea of taking somebody else's proven plan. They don't have to be the visionary and they can just execute it in their backyard and have speed to market and be successful. Unfortunately, way too many people leave it up to Google or friends or family to tell them which franchise to buy. And way too many people do not know how to conduct proper due diligence on this type of investment because it's huge. So I formed my franchise consulting business back in 2006. And that's what I have really been doing most of the time is really helping people navigate the franchise waters and connecting them to some of the fastest growing, most successful franchises in America that align with their wants and needs and dreams and hopes and that they can afford and helping them evaluate those in hopes that we find something pretty exciting for them to venture off to. You mentioned afford there, and I think that some people are, are, they shy away from the idea of a franchise because they think it's very expensive. Maybe compare that to just starting your own business. I certainly can compare that to starting your own. Starting your own business, you're literally starting from scratch. You have to get a logo created. You have to think about 
colors, complementary colors of who your target audience is. We did all that with our handyman business. Getting it trademarked, 100 grand, it's not cheap. Having a marketing plan, you're basically going to have to create everything from scratch with a the franchise. They've already done all that hard work for you and it's already figured out. So I would say that it is a complete myth that you have to have a money tree in the backyard or know somebody that has have an uncle that's super rich to be able to afford a franchise. But that is certainly not the case. I will say that in today's climate, most people need to come out of pocket. Worst case scenario, 30%, right? They need to have 30% down, just like if you bought a boat or a car or a home. And then the Delta can be covered by smart debt. So what is smart debt? Smart debt is gonna compound your wealth over a period of time, whereas bad debt would be going and having a shopping spree at Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom's, right? So smart debt can be a small business loan. Smart debt can be a stock portfolio loan. Smart debt can be a home equity line of credit, a combination of all of those things. I am not a funding expert, but I work with some of the top premier funding resources here in America that help people buy businesses, not just franchises every day. So when I work with people, I connect them to the funding experts for free education. But yeah, it is, we, my goal certainly with everyone that I work with is we wanna spend as little of your own money as possible and incur smart debt to cover the majority of it because in my opinion, smart business people use OPM, right? Other people's money, that's why they have money. You had mentioned the types of, or you talked about starting a franchise, and I think the other myth in there is it's only McDonald's and Burger Kings that are franchises. We had talked in the green room about my friend who has Club Pilates. Maybe yes. talk about a little bit about the types of businesses that are out there for franchising and what type of business people should be looking at. Great question. So. There are literally thousands and thousands of franchise opportunities here in America alone, over 4,000 and growing. Anything is or could be a franchise, right? So if you think about it, you wake up in the morning, you go work out at a gym, it's a franchise, right? You go get your favorite smoothie or coffee, it's gonna be a franchise. You get your clothes cleaned by a dry cleaner, that's gonna be a franchise. Have your dog groomed or trained at a facility, that's a franchise. Pretty much anything is or could be a franchise. So there's a lot more to franchising than food. And I will be honest with you, it's very hard for me to get excited about food unless I'm hungry. Because <laughs> when you look at it as a business, holy moly, it is the most expensive. You're dealing with perishable inventory, lots of chaos with the labor and itty bitty teeny tiny margins for all that headache and all that money that you spend. I do have some food franchises in my inventory, but very limited because of that fact. And most fr food franchises do require someone coming from food in their DNA because it is a beast to operate a food franchise. So if you think about my handyman business as a franchise, um, every franchise pretty much lands in three buckets. So we have simple retail, right? So simple retail are franchises that are gonna be found in strip malls, town center locations, they're gonna be surrounded by five to nine other businesses. They could be as small as 800 square feet 
in space and as large as maybe 3,500 square feet in space. So if you think about just driving to your local supermarket and just looking around, right? This is where we find the UPS stores. This is where you're gonna find haircutting salons. You're gonna find frozen yogurt and ice cream and coffee, but you're also gonna find other things, boutiques, all kinds of different things, literally thousands of children's education, karate shops, those are all franchises, right? Then we have sophisticated retail. Sophisticated retail is bigger than simple retail. It's gonna be bigger than 3,500, 3,400 square feet. Let's say it's an auto body repair shop, right? So if you think about an auto body repair shop, it's basically a production line, right? You gotta move the cars from bay to bay, painted, waxed, whatever. So you're gonna need about 7,500, maybe 8,000 square feet so you can move those cars through the production line. So that would be a perfect example of sophisticated retail. And then we have my favorite, non-facility-based or otherwise known as service-based franchises. Service-based franchises don't rely on an actual location for them to generate revenue because they are providing that product and service to the customer in a place of convenience, right? Handyman business, lawn care service, roofing business, plumbing, HVAC. As a homeowner, just imagine all the things that you can have done in your home, around your home, on the property of your home. Those are all service-based franchises. So those are really the three buckets that every franchise pretty much lands in. And there's different initial price points for each one, but it really depends on what people are looking for. People ask me every day, what's the hottest franchise to buy? What's the hottest franchise? And I say, the hottest franchise for you to buy is the franchise, number one, that's available in your market, that is going to take advantage of your skill sets, that's in your price point, that is something that you can get, have a fire in your belly and get excited about. That's the hottest franchise for you to buy. I, I've always been interested in franchises and I know that one of the restrictions or one of the drawbacks could be that maybe your market is saturated. How do you recommend people go about seeing what's available in your own area and how that fits? I love that word saturation because honestly, it doesn't exist in franchising. So there is no such thing as oversaturation in franchising. So let's break this down. If you think about when we started the handyman business, back in the 90s, when they used to deliver the phone books in our driveways, right? We literally had 16 pages, not 16 companies, but 16 pages of other handyman services in our backyard. But we were still able to provide uniqueness with our brand and it didn't matter if there were 16 pages of competitors because it was all about showing up, first of all, answering the phone when it rings, secondly, showing up on time, neatly dressed in a professional uniform, having a one hour minimum for our customers, so char charging them fairly. And believe it or not, most customers prefer to hire a company rather than an individual. Because if you think about it with a handyman business, any Tom, Dick, and Harry could just throw some tools in the back of their truck, slap a magnet on, and call themselves a handyman business and be our competitor. So 
Let's take it one step further. Franchising is not creating that new whiz-bang piece of technology that we're going to go compete with Apple. That's not what franchising is. Franchising is going into a highly competitive market where there is lots of competition. And being able to be unique, different, and provide variety in the community. So if you think about fast food, for example, we have McDonald's, Carl's Jr., Pure Burger, Smash Burger, Five Guys and Burgers. The list goes on and on. This country, the last thing, I'm sure you will agree with me, Brent, this country, the last thing we need is another ham hamburger stand coming to our world. But there will be more coming continuously. Why? Because people demand variety. So the burger at Burger King is flame broiled, apparently. I don't eat it, but that's what I'm told. So it's going to be very different than Pure Burger. It's going to be absolutely different than Smash Burger. And so people demand variety and want variety. So as long as you can become very unique and different than the current players, but you leverage the knowledge and experience, everybody knows what a hamburger is, then you are able to really cut a piece out of the pie and be extremely successful in a very saturated area. Now, I'll also say, look, if there's nobody else out there in your market doing what you want to do, there is probably a reason and it's probably negative, not positive, right? Because there's no demand, there's no need. Otherwise, there would be plenty of other businesses in there doing it. So when you find a good business model, there's going to be plenty of room to have multiple companies be extremely successful and not totally saturate the market. So I really feel like there is no such thing as oversaturation. You want to go with the best of the best. Talk about a little bit about acquiring a new franchise versus acquiring a franchise that already exists, but there's an owner that just wants to resell. Oh yeah. Is there an advantage one or the other? I think contrary to what most people believe, buying an existing business for sale is much, much riskier than buying a new territory. And that really challenges the mindset for most people. But let's just say, in my mind, when people are thinking about becoming a business owner, there's three financial advantages to being a business owner. Obviously, cash flow is one of them. Asset creation is another one. And then, of course, our wonderful taxation benefits. So when you buy a brand new territory, all three of those advantages are in play. When you buy an existing business, that's not the case because you are going to pay a premium for that existing business, right? Much more than a brand new territory. So you may pay three and a half, maybe a four times multiple than you would pay for a brand new territory of the same exact franchise just because it's been operating, right? Now, what if it's not generating money or maybe it's break even? Here's the thing, you gotta figure out as a prospective buyer, is this business a good business that the owner is looking to sell and officially retire or is it a broken business? And I'll tell you 95% of the businesses for sale out there that you can find are broken. And then you have to figure out why is the business broken? What levers do I need to tweak to get it back on track? How much is it gonna cost me to tweak those levers? And is it going to be worth it? Nine times out of 10, it's a turnaround situation. And for people who have had success turning around other businesses, it might be a good pick. But for someone 
who's this is their very first business to operate, it's going to be a lot more challenging for those reasons, right? And a lot more expensive. Contrary to what most people believe, you're going to pay high premium for that existing business cap that may or may not be cash flowing. And then you got to figure out what's broken and get it back on the tracks for success. However, with that being said, Brent, I will share that I have helped people buy existing territories in the franchising arena and it's worked out very well. The challenge is, is they're really, really hard to find because any business out there that's generating great income is typically not going to be for sale, right? Or if it is, it's going to be sold to somebody who knows somebody, you know, under the table somewhere that's never going to be advertised for sale. So they're really, really hard to find on your own. Oh, I can't hear you. Is my audio still on? Oh, there we go. I think we're back. There, Sorry. now I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a little technical glitch. So maybe the best bet there would be if somebody's in your area or you're already, you're already operating a franchise in one area and you learn about a distressed franchise in another area, it might be a yeah. good play as a as an owner to be able to do that. But I see what you're saying about brand new. It's probably best to go with the model that works. Tell us a little bit about your role. How does your role fit in as a consultant? So I am America's Franchise Matchmaker, right? So people come to me and they are seeking guidance and coaching. And really everything that I do is for them, everything, right? So because we are potentially planning their future. So the first step is filling out a simple questionnaire. The questionnaire is really a starting point, but it helps me help them better through my process. Questionnaire is super easy, takes 10, 15 minutes at the most. Uh, then when we get that questionnaire back, what we do is we schedule a Zoom video meeting where we can meet each other and have a very laser focused discussion on a lot of things, especially by the side of my head. We need to understand what is their why? What is their compelling driving why? They want to explore business ownership and want to be a business owner because certainly business ownership is not for everyone and it is certainly not rainbows and unicorns every day. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work and some people don't want to work that hard. Some people are better off staying in corporate or it's just not going to be a good path for them and they need to find a different direction. So it's not a one size fits all. So we have a very laser focused consultation about why are you wanting to be a business owner? What are your skill sets that you're bringing to the table? And what are your weaknesses, right? Because we can't be strong at everything. What do you hope to accomplish with the business? What role do you want to play in the business? Because with franchising, you have a lot of choices. What kind of spend tolerance are you going to be comfortable with? And more importantly, what kind of ROI? do you want for those spent dollars and by when? What kind of culture are you looking for your business partner? Because the franchisor is literally your business partner every day, all the time. Their job is to get you to the World Series. So you all have to share core values and common beliefs or why bother? It's really meant to be a business, a profitable business marriage at the end of the day. I use the analogy of, hey, I'm the matchmaker, 
We're going to match you up to some franchise concepts. And you're going to have some blind dates with some franchise companies, right? You're going to have some courtship. And you may or may not get to the altar. We are with them every step of the way on that 90-day journey. So we are coaching along the way. But shortly after that consultation, then we are able to match them up with a number of different franchises, which is also really important. It should never be a one-and-done scenario because we want you to stack up these opportunities against each other. And then it becomes really an evaluation, a mutual evaluation, who's going to be the outlier and which ones need to go away sooner than later. And then really it's a matter of making sure that they're getting all the data. There is no doubt going to be emotion involved. We have to make sure that it's their decision is going to be backed up by factual data that they learn as they evaluate the business. And they're going to learn, why does this business exist? Who are the founders that they're going to be partnering with? And what is their past experience and success and their financial situation right now? How does the business generate revenue? What is their role? What is the marketing? What is the training? What is the support like? And most importantly, I'm going to insist that they speak to franchise owners that bought the concepts that they bought. Because for me, that's really where the rubber hits the road. Hearing from other people, are they happy? Are they making money? If they had the choice to do it all over again, would they still choose that franchise? And would they recommend somebody else buy that franchise? That is a very important part of their due diligence. So we get people about 90, 95% there. But when it's time to make a decision, it's still going to require taking a leap of faith, right? But again, the whole purpose is to deliver education, help people become much more educated prospective buyers before they make any decisions or spend any money. So that's really the process in my role. I'm with them every step of the way, making sure that they're asking the right questions, getting the right data, so that they have confidence in the decision when it's time to make a decision. Yeah, I think that that relationship part of it is such a good point because I think looking at that franchise or as a business partner that you're going to be with them for the foreseeable future. Uh, how do you recommend evaluating core values and common beliefs in the mission? Yeah, it's all about what's going to be most important to them. And when you go down this path evaluating a franchise, you have to have a visit at the corporate office. If you are tracking in the range, sorry, I'm so sorry. If you're tracking in the range of potentially being a good fit, you want to mute me. We're good. Just keep going. <laughs> we'll get around the dogs. Sorry, it's the UPS guy. So when you're when you're getting evolved, when you're evaluating a franchise and getting to there's six steps really in my process for people to do a proper evaluation in a franchise. And the fifth step is potentially getting invited to the corporate office. So if you get invited to the corporate office, it's gonna take two days off of the map. Plus, you're going to have calls with founders and corporate team, even though most of your time you're going to be speaking to a franchise development manager about the concept, learning about the training and the support and the unit economics. They're going to pepper in those calls with the founder and the marketing team and that sort of stuff. But before you're going to sign on the dotted line and make this huge life-changing decision, 
you're going to want to meet these people, right? You're going to want to make sure they're in a real office and they haven't been calling you out of a tin truck <laughs> and that they've got a whole organization there and they're going to be there to support you and you're going to meet the marketing team and you're going to meet someone that's going to support you every day as your business partner. And that takes two days off of the map, right? You're going to have to get on an airplane. You're going to have to fly there. There's going to be some social interaction. They may take you out to a nice steak dinner. They may take you to a football game or a baseball game, depending on the season. These franchisors do these meet and greets once a month. And it takes a village to put one of these together because they're taking all of their field support and focusing it on those people that are interested in moving forward if they get approved those two days. And you're gonna to wanna to look them in the eye and you're gonna to wanna to shake their hand. You wanna make sure that you're trusting your gut intuition that this falls in line with what I believe I'm gonna be successful at. And I truly believe that this team cares about my success and is going to be there for me. So again, it's still not a mutual evaluation all the way down to when it's time to make a decision, which happens to be step number six, right? Again, we're going to get you, we're not going to get you ever 100% there. You're still, it's still going to take a leap of faith to make that final decision, but you're going to have all the data and then it's going to be time to make a decision. But those meet and greets are very important. They call them meet the team, join the team, confirmation days. They all mean the same thing. Not everybody gets invited by those or to those also, by the way, only candidates that they're feeling are tracking well and would make a good match with them are going to be invited to go. And again, they only hold those once a month. So if you're excited about a model and you're thinking this could be my dream business and you want to live the American dream and be a business owner with a franchise, the only way you can buy one is to reserve a seat at the table and attend one of these events. That's awesome. Um, Carrie Ann, we're right at the end of our podcast here. And as I close out, I give every guest an opportunity to do a shameless plug about anything you'd like. What would anything. you like to plug today? Okay. I am a true believer in mind over matter. True believer in mindset is everything. I believe in manifestation and I feel like anything, anything out there is achievable. Anything can be overcame if you have the right mindset. So I tell everyone, stay positive, always have lots of energy and positivity in your mindset every day. So for me, it's getting up and working out every day. I have to run on my treadmill, I have to lift weights, I have to do those things because those are great stress relievers for me and that's a great way to start my day. Because if I do that, then I know, I feel good about myself. Yay, kudos to me, I ran for an hour this morning, right? And now thing can come my way that day and I'm gonna be able to be able to take on the challenge in a very positive way because I truly believe whatever energy you put out there has a compounding effect coming back to you. So if you're constantly putting negative out there, that's what you're going to receive. And nobody wants that. Yeah, that's perfect. I'm a big believer in entrepreneurial energy and that it takes a little bit of that magic energy to make it happen. And that's a good way to look at it is that whatever you put out, you're going to get back. And if you put out a bunch of negative energy, you're going to get negative energy back. What's the best place? You are just going to be, you're just going to be overwhelmed with positive vibes. It's awesome. Yeah. 
What's the best way to get for people to get in touch with you? And I will put all these links on the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and just tell us how we can get a hold of you. Yeah, the best way really is let's just have an initial dialogue. Let's just have a conversation. Because again, I don't know if franchising is right for everybody. It certainly is not. I don't know if it's right for you, but we won't know until we get going and have a conversation. So my website is franchise-logic.com. So that's the hyphen. So franchise-logic.com. Right there on the front page is a link to my calendar. And just pick 15 minutes for an initial discussion. That will get you easily booked on my calendar. We'll have just a free flowing dialogue, talk about why you might be intrigued or not intrigued about franchises. And then we we can decide if it makes sense for us to work together or not. I do wanna say all of my services are 100% complimentary and free, right? Because the franchise companies, because of all my success, and reputation in franchising, they love to use me as a recruiter or a headhunter to bring them the right matches for them. Not to toot my heart too loud, but I am typically 90% on my matching. It's a benefit for the franchise company to utilize me. It's a benefit for the franchise seeker to use me because it can be very overwhelming to even know where to begin. And so it's a win-win for everybody. So let's have a discussion and we'll just take it from there. That's perfect. Karian Gulliver, the CEO of Franchise Logic, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Now, your funny free joke from me, Jackie Downing. If I'm reading their lips correctly, my neighbors are arguing about some creepy lady next door. Please leave a review and rate Talk Commerce wherever you download your podcasts. Brent will be back next week with a great episode and a stupid joke.